At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. I'm gonna be picking up some tools from the Master Group to demo review soon. I think it's gonna be cool, maybe some new ones, maybe some old ones we forgot about, but I, I love getting tools and reviewing them for everybody, because I think it's very, very cool to do that. Now, Master's blowing up across Canada. I go in there all the time for my York parts because they sell Source One parts and I work on a ton of Yorks. Sometimes it gets a little bit repetitive working on a lot of Yorks, but hey, pays the bills. So check out master.ca guys for more information. And my Armstrong pump tip. So the design envelope pump from Armstrong, it's got a controller mounted right on the pump. There's no need for a VFD to be attached or wired into the pump um, as an afterthought. It comes right directly installed onto the pump itself. You can change the head, the flow, anything you want. You can you can monitor it from there too. It's a very cool design, guys. If you guys haven't seen them, Google them or check out my pump tips on social media as I post them. What's up, guys? I just ducked back into this elevator room. It is cold outside. I just finished setting up some controls on two condensing units, and I'm waiting for the time delay. thought I'd be productive during that wait time. Now, the other day, just a little tip for you guys. It may not work for you, but it worked for me on a couple of different units. I was working with an ICM controller. Basically, it maintains fan speed. If you're working with a condensing unit in low ambient conditions, that fan speed regulates to maintain coil temperature. There's a thermistor that goes in the coil or on the coil to sense the coil temp and that fan speed correlates to, to maintain head or maintain coil temp, right? To keep it up. So what I found was the thermistor in the instructions, it says to put it on a bend on the coil. This was a micro channel, so there was no bend. The other part of the instructions, and I put this tip on Instagram, Facebook, one minute video if you guys wanna go watch it. The other part of the instructions said to put it on the top one third of the coil, like through the fins itself. Tried that, it didn't work out so well. Tried it in a couple of different spots, even the liquid line didn't work so well. Where I found it worked best was at the bottom of the coil, right where the liquid line leaves the coil. That's where I found it worked the best. And when I say worked the best, gave me the highest possible head pressure in the ambient condition I was in. Cause we were like, uh, I don't know, I would say like maybe like, 27 28 degrees fahrenheit and it gave me the highest possible coil temp that i needed to run the thing without freezing up so just a tip for you guys now on this podcast guys we have an incredible story from a tech that uh is croatian born and moved to germany and now works for train okay his name is marinko kuzinic marinko hopefully i pronounced that right if i didn't i'm sorry but marinko introduces himself in the podcast and you'll get the correct pronunciation of his last name so marinko tells an incredible story of starting out as a plumber having his boss hand him a bunch of hvac tools and said now now we do hvac and how he had to learn hvac from scratch by himself very very cool story how he ended up burning himself out going to the hospital um, coming out moving to germany 
And now the guy works for Train working on big, massive, complicated chillers. This is a really unique story, guys. Marinko is an awesome guy. You can tell that his, his, his he's genuine. It, the genuine the genuity, or if that's even a word, shines through from the moment he starts talking. And you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Um, nothing really technical to learn, but just a great story from Marinko. So, guys, let's get to this. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know It All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. I just want to thank you for staying up. I mean, through the night, because what time is it where you are right now? Now it's 2.30 in Germany. 2.30 a.m. Yes, correct. So that makes me warm and cozy inside Marinko because not many people would stay up till 2.30 a.m. to talk to me on the podcast. So I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much. So listen, you're in, you're in Germany, right? Yes, correct. Okay. So I wanted to just give you a couple of minutes to sort of introduce yourself to everybody and, and let them know who you are and, and what you do. And we're going to get into your story and, and how you sort of became an HVAC tech over the course of the last bunch of years. And uh, I'm going to leave that up to you. So introduce yourself, Marinko. So thank you, Gary. And I want to thank you for this opportunity to give me, uh, that you give me this opportunity to be on your podcast. So my name is Marinko Kusinic. I'm uh, born and raised in Croatia, but I'm currently living in Germany and working for the train technologies for last uh, nine months. So briefly, that's my story. But we yeah, can- so you, you just moved to train, um, like you said, nine, nine months ago. And I've been following some of your posts on Instagram and some of the, the equipment you're working on is just, it's crazy, man. It's huge. It looks complicated and good for you for tackling that because not a lot of people are, are, are scared to tackle machinery that size and that complex, but you're doing it. And, and I commend you for that. So good on you, man. Thank you very much. I need to say that I'm scared every day when I go to the job. <laughs> don't make, don't get me wrong. I know almost what I'm doing, but uh, sometimes the units are big, like you said, and the production is uh, on the peak of the process and everything. So that they are working hundred percent each day and we need to prove, provide them also the good service on the units and everything. And if you mess something up, then it's costly. No? That's the yeah, f- yeah, for, for sure. So before we get into your story, just a little bit of a, a cool fun fact about you is that, sorry, I, I was I was in Markham one day, right? And and uh, somebody messaged me. And his name was Oris, who you just reminded me of his name. And he told me, he's like, you can never forget my name if you just say Oris from the forest. <laughs> so Good. so I met, I met up with him uh, at a gas station because he wanted to send you a gift pack of a bunch of stuff from over here. And the reason he wanted to do that, and he told me, and, and I thought it was great, is he went to a trade show in Germany. He flew over and w- went to a trade show. and 
he stayed at your place and he said that you were such a stand-up guy you were a great host and he couldn't believe that you opened up your door to him for you to stay for him to stay there while he went to the show so how did you just explain like how did you guys link up and and how did this all happen so how do we met uh it was something i put something about cars on the my instagram page and he okay. commented on this and so we talked a little bit for back and forth about it and everything so i i don't know i think that i saw that he's from toronto i have a family there in ontario and then the rest is history so he told me that he is trying to get in germany to this trade show and the problem was with uh, hotels and everything so i told told him that he can stay at my place i picked him up on the train station then we drink a bunch of a lot of <laughs> whiskey that night <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were wait till i think three three in the morning something like that and we tried to take the trip at six in the morning but obviously that did, that didn't happen we wake up a couple hours later and yes then we drive to the frankfurt we spent all day there it was great i could uh, finally use my english a little bit on daily base and yeah i had a lot of fun with him and like I, like you said he sent me a few gifts from canada and also your uh your t-shirt your hoodie with yep. uh, your logo i have it right now on it so <laughs> i'm fully prepared for this podcast <laughs> oh that's yeah. that's awesome man that's that's so, awesome and, and I, it's 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 so cool to me to hear stuff like that like you didn't know the guy you invite him to your place and you guys you guys drank till three in the morning that's just that's incredible stuff to me it really is yeah it was nice time so i i'm sad that we couldn't do it last year because of this all covid and everything but i'm sure that we will do it next year for sure perfect perfect yeah so listen we got to get into your story and, and i think that from what you sort of summarized to me in in a message is uh it's it's pretty interesting how you ended up where you're at now so maybe we should start from the beginning like the way you wrote it to me in, in the message uh how you started off as a plumber like maybe we should go back to that point and and tell it from there oh yeah so we need to go back almost 13 years ago yeah that's, that's good ago. That, that, that's good <laughs> with me man <laughs> so i um was um finished with my school and everything so i look for the job and i got the job in one company in my hometown uh, for a plumber and heating installation and nothing with hvac so nothing with cooling and something like nothing related with cooling and i was i worked for like a plumber and so like plumber and heating guy for about two three years mm -hmm. and then one morning my boss came in the company with gauges with a vacuum pump uh recycle uh, the recycling unit and i think it was scale and i i don't know if it, yeah and was the flaring tool in his hands and he handed it over to me and said you know 
Mariko, from now from now we are working on uh, HVAC and refrigeration stuff, units and everything. So I, I asked him, okay, but I don't know anything about it. What's how it works? What what should I do with those gauges, with scale, uh, with vacuum pump? I don't know anything. So yeah, it was it was cold water start if I pronounce it correct. So and. Then I go home, take the laptop, open the internet, YouTube, uh, and try to learn everything what I could on the internet. So I couldn't get any book books in my hand, and yeah, the internet was my my how to say it uh, source of informations and everything. Of course, yeah. I did. Yeah, I so wish that. Was it was it like uh, sorry to cut you off, but was it like was it a plumbing company? And then all of a sudden, he decided to just do HVAC stuff, or did he keep plumbing and do HVAC too? Like, what what made it, what, what made him decide all of a sudden that he's just going to do HVAC and give you these tools? What happened? <laughs> so he got uh, one good contract with one company. Uh, this company produced their products. So they need a lot of cooling and everything. And they told to my boss, you know, you can work on the HVAC stuff also. We got the several rooms and everything. So if you can provide a service or maintenance and uh, installing from the, for this equipment, we would like to take your, take you and uh, sign with your contract. So yes, he kept uh, the plumbing unit plumbing division also so we were a little bit separated but the problem was i was working on the plumbing heating hvac uh, refrigeration and everything so it was it was too much for me so i decided to put the plumbing by side and be strict for the hvac and refrigeration units and pr- provide the this kind of service mm-hmm so let me ask you this you started to go through the internet for information and youtube was one of your your sources so who or what were you watching on youtube back then when you started learning was there any particular people that you can remember that helped you out the most oh man i know it was one guy i think it's zach or something i think he has his own uh, facebook group now but uh, he didn't work on the refrigeration stuff he was uh, just working on the uh, hvac units so it was a little bit complicated so i look at him and a couple other guys but i don't know what was the names no was it was it uh, zach siota from hvac shop talk was it is that yes, zach correct. you're talking about Correct. Yeah. Correct. Interesting. So he's he's been making video. I didn't know he was making videos thirteen years ago. <laughs> no, not thirteen years. That was oh, okay, ten okay, years, okay. nine, okay. ten years ago. Gotcha. So I, I see. Yeah. I wish that you had the podcast or uh, Instagram before, so I could learn a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I I came after the fact, man. I was uh, I was yeah. I was late. I was late to the game to to all of this. So um, that's okay though. But. So, so Zach was one of your sources and just sort of like random videos here and there that you just sort of pick bits and pieces from kind of. 
Correct, correct. And also I try to I try to find uh, from the manufacturers those manuals and everything. It was hard, but I managed to live some somehow. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So you were you were explaining to me that and, and you said that you'll never forget this day about how you drove a thousand kilometers and work 23 hours in, in a day. You need to, you need to tell me about that because what went on, <laughs> what went oh, on in, in that day? Cause you said you'll never forget that day for your entire life. So like what went on in that day? Like what happened? No, I will never forget this, this day. So I was uh, with one colleague, but he was out of the, of, uh, he was in the office and our boss told us, you know, we need to change the compressors, uh, do a lot of PM stuff, and so and so. Uh, it was the town about three and a half hours away from me. So we got there. I changed one compressor. We started to change in another compressor. Then we got the call. You need to drive two hours in the other direction. Do also the change out on the compressor and then the PM stuff. And then we drove home and I was at home, I think, uh, in five in the morning. And we went, we, and I was totally devastated and everything. But I can say it was a stressful day and I will never forget it. So I know that I drove uh, in the... At, uh, when we were finished with the job, I drove home and I said to him, you know what, I cannot drive anymore. Can you please take it? Eight? He looked at me and said, I cannot either driving. So <laughs> it was <laughs> it was crazy time. But So you kept you kept driving at that point or did you pull over and, and have a nap? I pulled over and he said, you know what, you know what, I'm going to drink Red Bull or coffee and we wait <laughs> half an hour and then we drive home. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Was, that's crazy. So that was your 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 coworker that you were with. Uh not my coworker. He was uh the guy from the out of uh, from the office. So he when I was driving and working, he was uh, handing me the tool and um how to say it and he was uh, writing those uh papers and everything for those uh, repairs and everything. So he was not the handy guy. He was just the office guy who didn't have luck and drive with me. <laughs> so uh, is that normal where an office, an office person will drive with a, a technician just, just to be with them? Is that normal or is it, or is this like a special case? Uh, that was a special case because of the lot of work and it was far away. So the boss told, uh, told us that we should drive together. And in that point, I was the only head check techni technician in uh, our company and I think two years later we got first technician, so I was, uh, we could say I got uh, another working colleague, and then I get a little bit rest. But before that, I went, I ended up in hospital with burnout, so it was also a little bit crazy. So be, that was you ended up with a, a burnout before this or after this? Uh, after this uh, twenty-three okay. hours day working okay. day. And that was, um, so, so this was back when you lived in Croatia, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. So my, my question is to you in Croatia, 
because your boss just came in and told you to start working on HVAC equipment, refrigeration equipment, is there any sort of licensing there or is it just sort of open? If, if you, if you um, work for a company, you can just go ahead and start working on this. Like how does, how does it work for, for being um, certified to work on this stuff? Well, now you need the certification and everything, but uh, back then you could um, escape those certifications and everything. So my boss uh, had those, uh, this, uh, him, uh, he had this certification. So it was just, oh, if one, one guy in the company has it, other can work also on this, on his certification. So it was different time back then but now you need to have the certification you take the if you just want to work with uh, refrigerants so you can take five day class and then you get your certification and it's valid for five years and after five years you need to go back uh, listen to one or two days and then you get it for uh, next five years and that is just to handle refrigerants yes correct All right, let's take a quick break, guys. If you haven't seen my video on annealing copper, I'm going to leave a link in the podcast notes. So if you don't know what annealing is, basically it's heat treating the copper. And what you do when you heat treat copper is you change its properties. You make the copper softer, so you're reducing hardness and you're increasing the ductility of the copper, basically making it workable without fracturing it. You can manipulate the copper now. So what I did was I took the Navac hydraulic tube expander badass tool and I tried to expand or swage uh, some hard copper inch and an eighth and about three quarters of the way through doing that the copper snapped it broke right in that spot because it's too hard it's not workable so you have to anneal it first and you can do this before you swage you can do this before you flare and it works out really really well so I'm going to leave that video link for you guys to check out um, something I'm going to be making a quick video of is me changing out my my sensor on my refrigerant leak detector, my Testo 316-3. Now, if you own one of those, you will know that it is, is a superior leak detector when it comes to finding leaks, if you own one of those. If you don't, um, it's a good option. It's actually a great option to pick up. Now, after 80 to 100 hours, that sensor needs to be changed. So I'm going to make a quick video and just to give you guys the education and show you that it needs to be changed. I mean, 8,200 hours, depending on how much cooling work you do, that could be a couple of years. Who knows, right? It could be a year. It could be a couple. It could be three, depending on how often you turn that thing on. So it's just something to keep in the back of your mind, okay? The other thing I wanted to mention was yellow jacket hoses and ball valves. I see some text that that rock the uh, the hoses with no ball valves or no check valves. So I don't know how you guys are not burning your fingers with refrigerant when you take the hoses off. The other thing, those check valves, they're good, but they don't allow you to, to isolate things if you need to. So in my experience, the ball valves are the best. And Yellow Jacket, I mean, they, they do make superior hoses in this industry and they have for, for many, many years. So if you're going to use hoses I suggest using hoses with ball valves, your charging hoses. So check those out from Yellow Jacket. The other thing is Blue On, Blue On's app, guys, 24-7 tech support. 
I think 30,000 manuals now, or maybe even over that. Um, for any type of equipment you can really think of, if, 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 if they have the manual for it, you go in, you search it. It's very easy, user-friendly, it's very easy to find, and then you, you bam, you're, you're into the manual. And again, they have their 24-7 tech support. They have their refrigerant, which is 458A, which is an R22 replacement. So check out the Blue One app, guys, and get some more information on that. Let's get back to Marinko. Okay. That's similar. We, we have something similar here called an ODP, um, an ozone depletion cert- certification where it, it first started out where every few years you had to go back and sit in a, a one day class, <coughs> but now, now it's just a money grab. Now <laughs> you basically <laughs> just pay your money and then you, you're, you, they send you a, an updated card. So there's no real recertification. It's just pay me. <laughs> oh, okay. pay, pay, pay me the money and, 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 and it's all good. But we, we have to go through a five-year apprenticeship here. So, I mean, it's not, it doesn't come easy. The, the certification, you have to be, you have to be hired by a company. You have to be signed up as a registered apprentice. And then you start, uh, it's five years, 9,000 hours, I mean, give or take. Right. And then you go to three sessions of schooling, basic intermediate and advanced, and when you're done, um, you write a test called a certificate of qualification for short, everybody calls it a C of Q, like certificate of qualification, C of Q. And then, then you're licensed, you, you are, you are good to go. And then every year you have to pay, um, a fee to keep your license. So that, that's how it works here. Ah, okay. Okay. So, uh, if I can say in Germany is a little bit different, it's also like in Croatia, but you can uh, you get it this you get this license uh, for lifetime, so you don't have to pay anything after five years. Interesting. So you're in Germany now. So let, let me ask you this: German hand tools are becoming very popular over here, like Wera, Weha, um, Knipex, because everybody argues about how to say. How, how to say that tool brand, but it, it, I mean, from what I've seen, it's, you're supposed to say Knipex, but Knipex. anyway, yeah, yes. Knipex. So are, are German hand tools popular in Germany as well? Yes, of course. Of yes. course you can, uh, but also we have this, uh, I know how to pronounce it correct. So my German fellows gonna lynch me now. It's a word something like this. So V, VW, U uh, with those two dots, R, T, H. And how do you say it? Vert. Vert. And what, they make hand tools? Yes, they make, all. they also make hand tools, uh, power tools, and they, they are, they manufacture everything what you need for, I don't know, for shop. So if you need to change brakes, you have those brake fluids, uh, uh, the brake cleaner, um, sil- those um, silicone sprays and everything. So cool. So what, what sort of, cause I know I've, I've been seeing a lot lately, uh, a lot of European manufacturers of manifold gauges and vacuum pumps and stuff like that. So over in Germany, like what is, what is a popular 
tool brand for gauges and vacuum pumps and recovery machines and all that kind of stuff. What are you guys using over there? So I'm using for gauges. I'm using Testo. I have uh, 550. Mm-hmm. Uh, vacuum pump. I have one currently from CPS. I think it's local manufacturer. I don't know if it's worldwide brand. So it's six CFM. This that's for small chillers. And we have one, uh, it's 9 CFM, but I really don't know the name. It's white, it's big, it's heavy, and it's. I think it's uh, almost 10 years old, and it's in company. So when we work on the bigger chillers, we grab those two, two or three, how, I don't know how much you need it, and we connect them. So recovery machines we have uh, from Rottenberger. That's also a German company. I used one from uh, Apion, the yep. smaller one. Mm-hmm. And we have also no Navec, uh, the other one, how it goes. Uh, sorry, I forget now. It's not Apion, it's... Did you say, Na- did you say Navec? I think, I think it's Navec. Is it I'm orange? No, no, no! It's not orange. It's it's uh, yellow, yellowish. I have smaller one from Apion, but another one is. I'm not sure now, but yes, okay. we no, no worries. Yeah, but um, in my company where I work now, you can say what you prefer, so our boss can order it, so it's not problem. But like, but like I said, uh, I like Testos. And I know that all, you all also like Testos, Testo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And we have, so, uh, yeah, sorry. No, I was just, I was going to go on. I was going to ask you another question, but uh, keep, keep going, keep going. No, no, I was uh, just uh, trying to say that we use uh, uh, those skills also from CPS. And yeah, that's okay. all. Yeah, we, we have CPS over here as well. Oh, okay. I, I think that I think they're a US manufacturer CPS. I would have to really look that up to to, to check. Uh, but I believe because CPS is all over the place over here. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, for sure they are. Um, so listen, you moved to Germany after like we got to go back to the this burnout thing because I think that might happen to a lot of people in the trade and i think they could probably relate to you in in that manner so how did um how did this happen like how did the burnout happen and and what did you do to overcome it well like like you said yeah like you mentioned before so 23 hours working day didn't help for my uh body so i worked i think that's two or three years every month, about 230, 250 hours in a month. And I was just exhausted. And one day I wake up, I was trying to get in the uh, in the van and go to the work, but I didn't feel good. And then I came in the, co- in the company, told my boss, you know, I don't feel good. I'm going to drive home because I cannot work like that. And then I drive home. And ended up waking up in the hospital because my brother came at work from work at home and couldn't wake me up. He take me in the hands and put me in the car and drive me in the hospital. And oh, 
sorry it's a little bit emotional for me so <laughs> that's all uh no take no take your time take your time yeah and it was it was a little bit stressful time for me because uh, the doctor told me that uh, it was a lady doctor when she saw me she wasn't sure if i am going to live through the night so wow yeah it was a wake up call so i now i'm shaking a little bit when i think about it so and then we talked late the next day what can we do what should i do and then we decided and i decided with my wife that we need to make a change because if we stayed there i think that i would be one more time in the hospital but i'm not sure so i didn't want to take a chance and yeah but, but recovery i don't know i just try to be healthy eat healthy and that's all so i so know did you take did you take like uh did you go back okay first of all did you go back to work for for that same company after your recovery or no yes or did i just, did or you, oh, okay you did okay so yeah. then, then how how long did you take for yourself to, to rest before you went back to work oh i was almost one month off yeah almost i i was i was gonna i was gonna say two two three weeks for sure because af after something like that man like it's it's like i for instance i had um i've had a couple of panic attacks that were really bad in my life that i almost that i thought were heart attacks one day i was driving to work and and y your story reminds me of this one day i was driving to work this is uh geez maybe 10 12 years ago and i'm on the highway and it's it's traffic so it's not like i'm driving fast but all of a sudden i just i my my breathing was heavy i couldn't stop like panting uh, my palms were sweaty my mouth started to get dry my chest was tight and it really hurt and and i'm like what the heck's going on here and I'm, am i having a heart attack and i rolled down the windows it was dead of, dead of winter it was it was probably minus 10 degrees or something like that outside like celsius and just because I, I needed some cold air when i got to the site i actually sat in my van for about three hours around there and just sat there breathing trying to get my breathing under control and i had to do something very small that day so i went on the roof and i did it but it, it affected me to the point where i it was about geez a couple days later before i started feeling good again but then it happened again to me it happened again to me about five years ago and this was even scarier because three or four days later, I still felt terrible. I went to the hospital. I drove myself to the hospital and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I said, I don't know if I had a mini heart attack or, or what, but it, it's something. So they did tests, ECG and all that. I didn't have a heart attack. They did chest x-rays. They did a whole bunch of tests. They couldn't find out what it was they're saying it must have been like a severe anxiety or severe panic attack and it just came out of nowhere and i literally could not turn a wrench on a on a bolt i didn't have the strength to do it and this is like a week and a half later i didn't have the strength i was actually working with um 
uh, other other technicians during this time for about two weeks just going to their sites and not being really doing any any hard work i was just kind of there like i wasn't really doing anything um so I, I i i feel you in that way it wasn't as severe as yours where i ended up staying in the hospital and and needing like three four weeks off off of work but it was it was bad and and i don't know what it was i don't know what caused it because i didn't think i was overworked i mean i, I was just working regular hours and stuff i wasn't doing crazy amounts of overtime but it just goes to show you that things can change in an instant and turn on you in an instant and you really got to watch your health and watch your body especially when you're working in the trade and you're being so physical and working long hours and potentially not eating properly because you're out working all day and you might go to McDonald's or or something like that instead of <laughs> eating eat, eating like bringing lunch like a salad or some some chicken or fish or whatever right so it just it just kind of reminded me of that and and I'm glad you brought it up because more technicians that that face that stuff I think will will relate to that story so no, anyway you you're, you're good now and I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. So you, you moved, you moved, you decided to move to Germany after this, right? Yes, correct. We decided to move to Germany and we look for the jobs on the internet. And I found one job at the one, yeah, we could say bigger company, but it is not so, they do a lot of stuff. They are um, producing the parts for the gas stations so those the pumps and uh, work do the planning for the building the uh, gas stations and everything and they bought a smaller company which has provide the service and everything for those uh hvac units on the gas station and small reaching coolers and uh, freezers and that kind of stuff so and i worked there for three years little bit longer but i always was dreaming about working for something on the on the bigger units and for little bit bigger company and last year it my wishes came true so it was not so bad last year <laughs> nice so yeah at this point you're basically self-taught because you had to learn this trade on your own from uh resources and, and and information on the internet and that's Correct. that's 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 pretty cool it just goes to show you that <clears throat> if you really apply yourself you can you can really learn this trade but you gotta you gotta dig deep and, and stay with it so your your venture your adventure over to train i mean how did did that did a job opening come up and you've seen it or did you go out and try to forcefully squeeze yourself into a job over there? How did that happen? Well, first of all, I just want to mention that uh, I didn't speak German language when I when we arrived in Germany. So okay. then I started to learn uh, language. Now I'm, I can say that I can communicate and everything. And then I decided it's time to make a transition. And I found those jo this job uh, on the internet also. I sent them the email. And a couple of days later, my boss, now these days boss, uh, called me and said, yeah, you know what, you can uh, drive by in the company, we can arrange meeting and we can see if 
everything is okay with you or with us and then you can start to work in train and this was the we first time when we met was the end of the 2019 and i started in train at april the 1st last year so it took almost 5 months that we realized uh, the, uh, those uh, papers and everything so that can start a train so it was a little bit longer but yeah i was happy and also stre the stress level was the way up up sky yeah. so yeah i became the father last year in march and then i started to work in the train at f april the first and then was the first lockdown and you know how it's when you are new in a company you have a, you uh, you are when something goes down you are first yeah that yeah. was also my biggest uh, concern and fear but hopefully everything is okay and yeah i'm now nine months there and I like what I see and you, I can learn a lot of from my working colleagues. They are great. They show me everything. And when they give me some information, I try to learn it as much as I can and also as quick as I can. So, so you, <laughs> so you taught yourself the trade and you learned German in, in nine months. <laughs> No, no, uh, right? no, no, German. Uh, I learned German in three years, three and a half years. Oh, three, oh, three and a half years. Okay, yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. you were you were already in Germany. Sorry. Yes, correct. I'm I'm, I'm sort of focused on the on the train thing, but <laughs> no, yeah, that, no. that's that that's that's very cool. So you can speak Croatian, German, and English. Is there any other languages? Uh, yes, we can say those are that I can speak in other languages, but those are similar to Croatian. So. Okay. Just, just Croatian, German, and English. Gotcha. So, how is it working for train? Like, what, what sort of, what sort of, I guess, tasks are you doing on a day to day working on the chillers? So mainly we do the PM stuff, and yeah, like taking care of the units. Uh, you know what what goes in the PM. From, uh, those prevent maintenance and mm -hmm. yeah i got i got a couple of those buildings uh, in which i drive only now so i just started to get my buildings and uh, companies uh, so they are trying to do that because then you know the units the people there know you you know where there's uh, where you can uh, drive with car and you where you can put your uh, tools and everything and we also do the repairs on those units we don't have any installs the the, the installs uh, is handed from another company and they just call us and say hey okay now the unit is ready you can go there and start it up and see if everything is okay so we are we are mainly service company okay okay so do you do, do you take because because i know there are some some companies that will they, they they provide warranty for the the 
the equipment that they sell for a certain period of time and then they stop servicing it. So are you continuously servicing these or is it commissioning and, and seeing through the warranty period or is it beyond that? Well, uh, we try to, it depends. Uh, some companies like to, to have us from the first day there that we do the service and everything. Others uh, like to have another company there and when something is not correct or they can they cannot get the parts, then they call us. So it depends. But mainly we have uh, our customers from the first day when we start the unit till last day when we decommission the unit. So mainly it's like that. But, you know, it's always about the money. So they look for the better better um, so for cheaper work and everything so sometimes mm-hmm. they go to other company and after a couple of months or a year they decided to go go back to us so yeah it's like that's, that. that's it's the same everywhere everybody's yes. trying to save save a little bit of money and sometimes you you, you get what you pay for right sometimes when you go <laughs> cheaper you you get you get um you get work that's not up to par or, or as, as good as, as more expensive, more, more trained technicians. Like, you know what I mean? You, you, when you pay, when you pay a certain amount of money, hopefully when you're paying the higher price, you're paying for a, a more trained technician Correct. that has more knowledge and can, can troubleshoot quicker and, and, and get, get your problems fixed faster and stuff like that. So hopefully, yeah. (laughs) One thing I wanted to ask you is like the, the main difference between moving from like doing HVAC and stuff to, to these large chillers, like what is the main difference that you notice between the two jobs? Oh man, except the unit sizes, everything else is also different because I didn't work on the chillers before. Yeah, and so you need to to check so, so much parameters and everything, and watch watching what is happening with water, with water flow, uh, with those uh, condenser or evaporator water uh, approaching water temperature, and uh, I know, and we also have those scrolls compressors. Uh, screw compressors, uh, centrifugal and everything. So turbo, it's not turbo core, but those bigger ones. And one main thing, I know, just, hmm, I don't know really what to say, but I think that the most important thing is to just, just to, observe everything and uh, take step uh, the, the take the process step by step and check everything and like i said it's totally different world for me i was working before on the smaller reaching coolers and freezers and now i work on those bigger big units with uh, we have one unit with uh, 1.5 megawatts of cooling power so it's totally different and those um, controllers are also different okay the train has the uh, standard and they are trying to have a couple of controllers for for units and that's all but like i said it's totally totally different world i listened to your podcast with josh last 
week or when you yeah. no last year you put it out yeah for ammonia and everything and i yes. believe that that's also another world so <laughs> our trade is so big so huge that i don't know there's many different worlds and and you know what's you know what's funny you don't realize it until you start to ask the question because i asked the question yesterday on instagram and facebook because i'm as you, you probably seen that i'm gonna have my my hvac know-it-all app hopefully coming out in the next month or so oh and cool. and and i said to i said to everybody i'm like because i can create groups within the app that that are discussion groups that people can join or if they don't want to join, they don't need to join. So the way it'll work is if you join it and somebody posts something in that group, it'll go through your common news feed, but it'll, it'll be all HVAC. It won't, it won't be anything else, but the trade. So some of the, some of the groups I was thinking of, I wrote down maybe seven or eight, but then I asked other people like, what other groups do you think? And we could probably add another seven or eight in there. So For real, sure. re- realistically, we could have about 15 to 20 groups that are really parts of the trade on their own. Like, geez, like, like you said, chillers, uh, there's ammonia. Now there's, there's CO2 and in, in refrigeration for grocery stores. There's, uh, boilers, there's other types of hydronics, heat pumps, geothermal, <laughs> commercial, yeah, yes. HVAC, uh, <laughs> residential, there's controls, there's, there's just, it just grow rooms for like, that, that's, that's up and coming now because people are, are growing cannabis indoors and these, um, these rooms need to be precision cooling and humidification. So there's so many different worlds in this one trade and that's what makes it so, so unique is that there's so many different areas of the trade that you could get into and and become an expert in correct correct it's crazy amount of the knowledge what you can gather and the equipment equipment what you can work i used to work in croatia with the daikin also and those vrv systems on convenient pack and i can say it's totally different world also and now i'm working on those chillers because we are have 99% chillers or 100% chillers, I can say. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you can work on boilers or on geothermal, everything. So, yeah, I hope that your app will be soon online. And I think that you're going to need uh, much space, <laughs> very much space <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully it goes well. So yeah, what's, well, what's next for, what's next for you, man? Like you're, you're with train now and I'm sure you want to stick around there for a bit and, and learn as much as you can, but do you have any plans for the future or are you just kind of seeing how it goes? Well, for now, I like to see how it goes, but I was, uh, introduced with absorbers. In like absor- last... absorption chillers? Yes, correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, those I think that I will look a little bit more on, into those, but the problem is we don't in my region we don't have it so much. So we have one guy who is providing the service for them, and I can also drive with him and see what is what's going on. But uh, we don't have so much big, we don't have so much units out there that we could work every day on them and. That and I would like to see what the turbo, what will the turbo core from the uh, Danfoss 
do in, in the train on the train machines. So that's the new what is coming in the train. Tur- Turbo core is the the oilless compressor, yes. right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, sort sort of has like a floating bearing almost. Is that is that how it works? Ooh, I really don't know. I was. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot because I haven't done much research into it myself, but I just know that it's an oilless compressor. And I thought I, re- I thought I remember reading how how it's got like a floating bearing or something. I'm not really something sure. Like, I think those are magnetic bear. Uh, he has a magnetic. Uh, how to say it? Permanent mag- magnets on the motor side. Mm-hmm. But I, I forget it. I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. So I don't want to say something stupid and <laughs> maybe, maybe later. What I'll do, maybe what I'll do is just do uh, in in the outro of the podcast. I'll just do a little bit of research. Um, a couple, <laughs> cut, not not much, and just just verify what the turbo core is for everybody. Yes. So that I mean, Marinko, we we've uh, we, we've gotten we've gotten a very cool story from you. And, and I want to thank you for your time, especially staying up. This I know you. I know you said it's okay and stuff, yeah. but man, if if I was up at two thirty in the morning, I would not be in as as good a mood as you are, man. <laughs> you were, <laughs> you you're, you're in a great mood, man. It doesn't even sound like you're tired at all. So, no, I really am not because I have a nine month. Oh no, today it's ten month uh, for my ba- for my babies. So yeah. he's ten month old. So you know how it's with little babies. Oh, trust that you me, don't get don't enough know. sleep. So <laughs> it's just normal for me. Are you working in the week. morning? No, I'm uh, off this week. Oh, cool. So, have... so that's 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 a bonus. So now you can yes. sleep in. Oh, I don't know if I'm if I'm going to sleep right now or do some research about those turbo cores. <laughs> 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 You're a student for life, man. I love it. I love yes, it. Yes, I like to take the part, think of parts, and see how they work. Also, so like you said, like you mentioned in one podcast, or was were you alone? I don't know. If you don't do it, then other will do it, and then you. How how else would you gather the knowledge and everything if you don't like, take the things apart? Ex- apart. Exactly, exactly. I, I I love taking things apart and looking inside of them. And, and I've encouraged many other people to, to do it. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. If it comes apart, try to take it apart if you have time. <laughs> just just look inside of it. Just look yeah. inside of it. Like, I mean, a, an ignition module or even something small out of like a, a little RTU, just take the cover off of it and, and look at the circuit board if you've changed it. Because maybe you'll see something burnt on the back or something and go, oh, wow, maybe that's what caused the problem. And it's just, it's just cool to see things in in that aspect that's yeah. all that's the, also how i learned some some things in croatia back then that you first you need to plug the unit out of the electricity out and then you can check everything so i burned a mm-hmm. couple of things in croatia <laughs> oh so, you let the you let the smoke out yes correct i let the smoke <laughs> out <laughs> yeah don't worry man we've all done i've i've let the smoke out of a few things in my career too yeah, it was it was it was not funny then, but now it is. So yeah, yeah, it's funny now. It's funny yeah. now because now <laughs> it doesn't matter. But just don't right. let the smoke out of one of those turbo cores because you might get oh. in trouble for that. 
No, 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 definitely not. I'm going to let the other technician to do it, <laughs> not me. Yes, but like like you said, you you don't you're not you don't need to you're you should not leave those this white smoke out. So it's correct. But yeah, yeah. How else should you learn? That's right. That's yeah, right. that's that's cor- because when I started in school, when I decided to go in those plumber plumber direction and everything we didn't have any electricity class or class about electricity or something and how else would you learn if you don't take the things apart break something burn something and everything is okay when end up good when you are still alive now yeah but and, I can, and 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 i've said before it's if if you if you screw something up it's not really a failure if you've learned from it. Correct. It's only a, it's only a, it's only a failure if you continue to do the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time I was on the roof. The roof was from the steel. It was raining. I had an uh, umbrella. It was from carbon fiber. I was all wet and I was playing with the cables in the rooftop unit and one cable was not good isolated. So I get zapped really good. So after then, then I learned my, that you need to first take the electricity out and then try to diagnose it. Yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes though you have to do things with the power on just, just out of just, just because you, you can't really do a full diagnosis you can yeah. you can diagnose a lot of things with the power off but then sometimes you need to turn it on to do uh s- some more checks so i mean yeah but the, the main thing is to to be safe and if you can i mean there's electrical electrical tools out there like electrical um rated tools and, and gloves that you can wear so i mean those things i think will help a lot Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, we, we need to take uh, care about ourselves because most of us has family to, at home, and we need to come back after the work to home and be with our families. So, exactly, that's the exactly in the last year. That's my biggest biggest concern to be every day at home, to come every day at home safe and spend time with family and provide also for family. So that's the, my biggest, biggest goals now. Marinko, thank you very much, man. That was a fantastic conversation. I enjoyed it thoroughly and you are a great guy. I wish you the best of luck. And guys, if you guys want to follow Marinko on Instagram, his handle is Euro underscore HVACR. Give the guy a follow because he's into some cool stuff and he's a great guy. Thanks again to the Master Group for sponsoring the podcast, guys. I'm out. I got to get back to this roof and check these units out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.